What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Acts crew. And ladies and gentlemen, we got a full show for y'all today. We got a little bit of trade talk going in the NBA. We got the Jazz. The Utah Jazz. Let me repeat that one more time for the people in the back. Vernon Maxwell's sworn enemies. The Utah Jazz, 22-5 and five at the top of the league. Are they for real? AD, in this Achilles injury, is he for real? Jesus Christ, we hate to see it. But what we love to see is the money man, the man with the plan, Chris Allen in the building. Right here. We got the master of the mix and master, Josh Guyton in the building. That is I. And then you got the little old MC, that's me, Kenton Gibbs. Now, fellas, we're going to get straight into this thing, man. I'm going to be Howie Mandel for the first segment of the day because we're going to go deal or no deal. I'll tell you what's behind the box, and you tell me if you are a team out there, do you make a deal or no? And if you're the team who has the rights to this player via contract, do you let this player go? All right, that sound good to y'all? Sounds good to me. I'm with it. All righty. <clears throat> uh, so Josh you're going to go first which box would you like to pick man any number one through five <laughs> man let me get box number one oh, box number one that's that's lame that's lame <laughs> nah I'm just joking but box number one alright behind box number one we have up and coming power forward John Collins do you make a deal do you want John Collins or do you think he stays where he is um, yeah, you make a deal on John Collins. I think John Collins is a is a good young talent. He has a he, he has a pretty good potential. I think he's one of those players that when we look back, he we could look at him and say, you know, maybe one or two all star appearances, possibly even something like maybe a third all NBA team once he figures it all to, you know, gets it all put together. I think he's a good talent, but at the same time, I'm a strong believer of holding on to players that that don't uh not holding on to players that don't want to be there. I right. hope the rumors aren't true of him saying he wants, you know, lead the charge of a team, of a winning team, because I just don't think that's something that's in the stars for John Collins. Uh, I, oh, think Lord. Can, I think he can put up good stats. I think he can be a productive player if he's a piece of a bigger picture. Um, <clears throat> and when we look back on his career, I think you could look at him having a similar career trajectory to uh, a decent big that we look at in high regard, but in the history of the game, people don't really think about. I could, I could, Compare him to maybe like a Jamal Matchburn, a Jamal mm, McMore type okay, of career, okay. which isn't bad. We know that, you know, those guys were hoopers. But if we creating a list of 50 hoopers off the top of your head, it's going to be a long time before we get to those two. Um, so I think there is a way where he can end up in a destination that's he's not immediately contending, but he can get what he asks for. Also, I think um, the Hawks should deal him. I'm not sure who they should get in return. Uh, my initial thought was Drummond, but they already have Capella over there. You can't have both of them on the on the floor at the same time. But I think John Collins would be a good fit in Cleveland. You already got the uh, the Sexling combo with Colin Sexton, Darius uh, Garland. Oh God! And then, no, you didn't say that. We love Sexling. <laughs> yes, we sir. love Sexling on this show. We're advocates for Sexling. Yeah, so I think if you mix together uh, John Collins with that combo, it would be a good, you know, young three-headed monster that could potentially make th- some noise in the playoffs within the next coming seasons. And then as long as Kevin Love is there, he can also give uh, John Collins some tutelage on how to play the game because the physical attributes are there, the skill is there, but we always haven't seen the highest basketball like you. So I don't know what the Hawks are looking to do from their perspective because I don't know who they can get in return. But I think they should make a deal, and I think the ideal landing spot for John Collins will be Cleveland. Okay. All right. Chris, what you thinking about box number one, man? Are you taking a deal or what? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. To me, I, I think the ceiling is, is very high for John Collins. I mean, he has yet to learn how to put the ball on the floor, but he has a three. He can rim protect a the very good three. A, a very, very good, good three. three. He can protect the rim slightly. He can score the ball at will. He can um he can he can he can do a lot. He can do a lot, man. He can rebound. I mean he's a he's a, a poor man's Porzingis to me. He's shorter, but I mean to me he's a poor man's Porzingis. Okay. All right. All right. Well I'm gonna tell y'all this, right? Just like Howie Mandel used to give his input on what they think should happen, although he wouldn't tell them what they would do or what they have to do. A 23 year old. 6'10", 
40% from deep, 54% from the field. If y'all don't, if somebody don't find a way to make this happen, all Atlanta is asking for is what's projected to be a high first round pick. Uh, Pistons, did y'all hear that? That's all they asking for. That's all, that's it. You know, to keep Bradley Beal happy, I wouldn't be surprised if Washington. You know, what I'm saying Ooh. if Washington ain't looking at him again, there are some of the guys behind some of these boxes. You have a hard time finding a place for it. John Collins ain't one of them. Timberwolves is another good one. Him, D'Lo, and Towns, they make some noise. I'm going to tell you this. When you look at John Collins' skill set and what he does and who he is, there are literally more teams – there are less teams that couldn't use him than could. Many less. There's maybe – I can think of two to three teams off the top of my head that couldn't use him, but that's it. Literally everywhere else, um, y'all better go ahead and hurry up. For example – the Bucks. Imagine if the Bucks were to give up a couple, couple first for him. Y'all they know y'all gonna... everything for Drew though. They ain't got nothing left, and that's what I'm saying. They don't have nothing left. But if they did, imagine you give up a couple first. You get him. Now you got another floor spacer for Giannis, but you got an athletic floor spacer. Well, I'm just saying. But anywho, Chris, it's your turn, man. Pick a box number two through five. Can I get box number three, please? Box number three. Well, we got a little bit of Motor City talk right here. Blake Griffin. Deal or no deal? Chris, you pick this box first. I'm going to let you start off. Oh, absolutely no deal. I'm slamming the button. I'm slamming (laughs) the button. (laughs) But why? Why why are you this this solo or this low on Blake, rather? I don't know if it's the Blake playing for a team that just don't have no contention right now, or if it's just Blake being Blake, but or Blake getting old with all these injuries, nagging injuries he's been getting while he's been in Detroit. But Blake is a shell of himself. Like the decline from Blake is like no other. I don't think we've seen a star of Blake Cal- Blake Griffin's caliber decline like this that fast. Like it was just three seasons ago, he was averaging 20 and 10 with the with Lob City Clippers or three or four seasons ago. He was just averaging 20 and 10 with the Lob City Clippers. Even right. DeAndre Jordan is still averaging double double digit rebounds almost. He averaging like eight and he averaging maybe seven and eight. Blake Griffin is averaging 12 and six and he's getting paid $35 million. Yeah, nah, that's unacceptable. He became, he's become a, a, a stretch four. Also, he's so, he's 12, 12 and five. Don't don't give him that extra rebound. <laughs> he's twelve and 12 five. Twelve and five. He's a stretch four now. He don't even he not even dunk like that anymore. I don't remember the last time I seen a, a monster Blake Griffin dunk. Yeah, yeah, it's very disappointing. So, very. if I'm the Pistons, I go ahead and just buy him out, or either you know what I trade him for some second round, some scrap, some just to get something back for him, so you ain't gotta buy him out. And then you let them young guys play in Detroit, man. Maybe you get Kay Cunningham next year in the lottery. I don't know. but Okay. Guyton, what you thinking, man? What you thinking? Man, you, I mean, deal I, no deal? I completely agree with Chris. Um, it's, it's, we've seen players on this decline before, but it's been a very long time. The only player I can, can uh, compare this decline was probably Sean Kemp. Shine. It wasn't this fast though, was it? Was it that? It fast? was. Bro. It, it kind of was. Yeah, it kind of was. Having on people in Seattle, and then he was overweight in Orlando the next season, and we didn't know what happened or Cleveland, wherever he went first. It, it was, it was pretty fast. Um, yeah. So I think Oof. if you're the Pistons, I mean, is you can see if he wants to agree to a buyout. Um, if not, I think you just eat that contract. I mean, you the Pistons, you've been shelling out bad contracts for the past 15 years. No problem. Oh so it's, it's, it's no oh problem if y'all want to eat that extra 30 million. I mean, you ate, uh, you ate, what was it, Josh Smith contract? You ate Ben Gordon contract. You ate a lot of other contracts. So that's I think 35 million sitting in the closet, though, guy. That's like your it. best fit. Sitting there doing quarantine, bro. You but if, gonna if, never you buy out, if you buy them out, you ain't got to pay the whole 35, right? Like, they're going to, if they would say, agree yeah, to buy they'll be, you know, about 20. Still, 
No, the, they probably have to still get about 25. The, prob- the problem is agreeing to a buyout, though. I mean, I, I'm leaning on the side of buyout, but at the same time, both sides have to mutually agree on a buyout. Blake might want that money because he knows his best days are behind him. Oh, well. That, and hey, then it's also, he don't know the future of his career because it's not like he's a, a he, he does he's not a specialist player. So it's not like he can just step in a team and fit into a role. Like he's still a player that needs the ball in order to be effective. He's just not effective. He went from being Blake Griffin to a ISO Brad Miller overnight. Oh, oh, not ISO Brad Miller. I could see Blake Griffin (laughs) making an instant impact in the only team. And this is the honest to God truth. Well, two teams, really. The two teams that played in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, Celtics and the Heat. If he went to either one of those teams – because the, the, the culture in both of those teams would probably get him playing a little bit better. And they don't need him to be a big role as well. Like, they could, he could come and get them seven and seven, and they, that's perfect. He you could lead the second-unit offense. You think, right. Blake, you think Blake Griffin can handle that pressure of being a Miami Heat? Ooh, I that's mean, a good question. That's I, a good I, question. I mean, he, he, was, he was in the little brother town when he was a clipper. He was in L.A., which was the – I mean, the Clippers, the Clippers. No, don't, don't get me started. You know I can't. Never mind. But, Never mind. but hold on. Hold on now. If we talk about the Clippers, we got to remember, he was in L.A. during Kobe's decline. Respectfully, right. of course. Respectfully of Kobe Bryant. God rest his soul. But we're going to keep it a band now. It, he was there towards the end when it was clear, like, all right, Kobe doesn't really have it anymore this team they don't have anything around them this was right before the D-Lo Nick Young thing it it was still the Lakers town because they're Lakers let's make no bones about that but the best team in the town was the Clippers for a good I mean, and at, three at the to same four. time they still never made it past the second round I agree I agree. You're very and, right. And, and and uh, if you guys haven't, I mean, I don't want to use our platform to plug another podcast, but they got millions of listeners. Um, check out uh, Doc Rivers on all the smoke. He talked about the reason why the Clippers never run won, and that's because as soon as Chris Paul got there, Blake Griffin shut down anytime Chris Paul opened his mouth and tried to lead the team. So the second Blake Griffin not doing what he's supposed to do, and Jimmy Butler come out his head, like I don't think that's gonna work. Mm. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. That's right. I'll tell you this about Blake Griffin. Y'all are you're definitely making some very good points. His uh, his points output has been cut literally in half in just two years. His rebound output is down a little bit, but he was never a huge rebounder anyway. The part that is most concerning for me about Blake, you are a high usage player on a bad team. You need to be putting up good numbers. I'm not saying you need to be putting up Bradley Bill numbers. That's what Bradley Bill is doing is otherworldly. I don't care how bad the team you're playing on is. It's otherworldly. But if you are a still a very good player or even like good to very good, like hmm, he's starting to venture into all-star territory, you need to be putting up at least 28 and 28-3 and three on, a, on this Pistons team. He's got the rebound. I mean, he's got the assist portion, He's but he's just not doing it. In any other way. So I, I understand y'all need for no deal. Guyton, go ahead, man. Pick another box. Uh let's go with um <laughs> let's go with the door number five. All righty, y'all going one three five, taking up all the odd ones. Okay. Well, <laughs> Deshaun Watson. Now mind you, no deal is a buyout or they stay put. So Fellas, are you looking at a deal or no deal here? Um, I'm looking at a no deal because I think that the Texans are going to hold on to him. Um, just to be just to be jerks in this situation, which the which they shouldn't be. I mean, if you look at somebody else who's asking for the same thing, it was easily given to him. I'll let Chris speak on that a little more in a second. Um, so I think the Texans are going to hold on to him, and it's just going to be a, a, a game of chicken at that point. I mean. Deshaun Watson is under contract still for a number of years, so oh, for he's sure. going to have to play. Um, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. But if, if I was the Texans, I would – this is a chance to change the culture around your team, especially considering your two best players 
when it's already going and another one wants out. I think this is a good chance to change the culture around your team and maybe rebuild towards something, you know, a brighter future. And then also, I think uh, this is taken away from a bright young player's potential to change the trajectory of, of teams throughout the future. I think it's a number of teams that could go from being borderline playoff teams to potential Super Bowl contenders with the with the acquisition of Deshaun Watson. Okay. Okay. Chris, what you thinking, man? Are you seeing deal or no deal coming out of this? Man, I'm going to be honest with you. I think a deal is going to happen, but it's not going to be what he wants. And I'm, I'm calling white privilege. I'm sorry to say this. If we got some people that's white in the audience, y'all know I love white people to, to for the most part. I, I, I conversate with them every day. <laughs> but this, this is clear-cut example of white privilege. J.J. Watt asked to be removed from the team. Mm-hmm. A couple weeks later, not only was he removed from the team, he was released with no repercussions, nothing. Like, they didn't trade him somewhere he didn't want to be. He was released, and now he has the freedom to choose what team he plays for next season. He could take $5 million if he wants to and play on any team he wants. He can go play for the Chiefs if he wanted to. Yeah. He can go play for Tampa yeah. Bay if he wanted to. So, sure. what? The, that's, that's just, to me, that's just crazy. But as far as Deshaun Watson, I honestly think they're going to end up starting the season, starting camp with him at least. And they gonna have to. They gonna have to trade him. He gonna come out of there with a terrible attitude. He ain't gonna. They got rid of the, the coach he wanted. Correct, Gibbs. They did not get the coach he wanted. He basically oh, they, was like, yeah. avoid the Patriot brain trust. Get Eric Bieniemy. That's the guy. They didn't go get him. Right. So you burnt the bridge with him. You lost his trust. So he gonna come out there and he's gonna be pretty salty. We might even see him him act a little like Harden did leaving Houston. And I know that's ironic. They both come from Houston, but I wouldn't be surprised. Mm, mm, okay. All right. I'll say this. I don't I don't think we're going to see a deal here uh, because, like Josh said, the Texans hold all the cards here. But even beyond that, the Texans are a poverty franchise, and they know that. They know that. And this is why I say the Texans are a poverty franchise. If a player like Deshaun Watson wants to move, that sucks. That sucks. It does. But this is your opportunity to regain the future that you let Bill O'Brien leverage away. Bill O'Brien gave away so many picks for players who did not turn into uh, a playoff, a playoff game, making the playoffs, a win in the playoffs, a Super Bowl. Go get your future back, dude. Go get it back. Go tell, tell. Uh, tell, call up the Giants. Call up the Giants and tell them, listen, I want Daniel Jones. I want three first-round picks. I want Saquon Barkley. Call them up. Make it happen. Because, again, this is a generational quarterback. Teams will pay out whatever. But the Texans got to realize, y'all have done such a bad job of building around this young man that y'all are not going to win even with him, even with just him, what you can do, on the other hand, kick the tires on Daniel Jones, see if there's something there, which I don't think there's much there, but I think he's a little better than, you know, if you give him some time, he'll be a little better than what we saw in New York. But kick the tires there and get multiple first-round picks going forward so you can help yourself in the future. But that's just me. All righty, Chris, go ahead, pick a box, man. You got box number two or box number four? Uh, give me box two. Box two. We got the big man out of Cleveland, Andre Drummond. What you thinking? Also, Cleveland is looking to move Kevin Love as well. But Andre Drummond is in box number two. Are we seeing a deal or no deal? I'm thinking deal here. Um, I know Drummond's play style has become a lost art in the, in the NBA. However... I do think he can add some value to a couple teams. There's a lot of teams out there that, like right now, the Warriors. James Wiseman went down. They don't have a player over 6'7 on the court. So you imagine Drummond getting bought out and signed up with a team like the Warriors. That would make the Warriors right back into contention almost. with Because the, they have a big man down low that can rebound. Absolutely. Um, and they got a big man down low that can score the ball if you pass him down low. So, I mean, that, that'll that bring the Warriors up to – 
a little bit more up to speed. They still won't be the Warriors of past, but they'll be a little bit more up to speed. Um, it's a few teams that can use the services of Drummond. Like I said, especially with COVID, uh, just even having him come off the, as being a second unit after you get him off a buyout would be amazing. I like him a lot, though, in either Memphis or San Antonio. Because Lamarcus Aldridge is in and out of the lineup in San Antonio, and they got a lot of guys that can spread the floor. So I like him. I like him in San Antonio. And then in Memphis, when Jaron Jackson ever, if he ever comes back this season, I don't know. I don't know the timetable. They haven't released anything. But if he comes back, he's a perfect stretch forward next to Drummond. They mm-hmm. struggle with rebounding this year. So, I mean, that take care of your rebounding problem. And, and Valachuna's trying to uh, put, trying to be WWE out there slamming <laughs> players because he getting dunked on or whatnot. Right. So, I mean, I never liked Valachuna, which why well, I wouldn't mind him coming off my bench. But you get Drummond over there, I think the Grizzlies are more of a contender than a pretender. Okay. All right. All right. Josh, what you thinking, man? You seeing deal or no deal here? Um, I'm seeing Dio here. I think Cleveland is pretty set on getting him out the door and they'll find something. I'm not exactly sure what, um, but I do think just with his rebounding numbers, I do think it's a number of teams that Drummond can go out there and help and turn into contenders. Um, I honestly would like to see Boston make a deal. I did. I think they're missing something on their team, which is a big, and they have a few, but I don't think any of them. You don't them, like Tristan uh, Thompson? Come on, dog. I think think that the Celtics have a number of bigs that are able to, you know, make an impact floor, but I don't think any of them are are effective enough to to come out and get you, you know, quality minutes when you're trying to make a deep playoff run. And Drummond has never been in that situation, but I think with the right coaching and just his ability, I mean, there's no way if, you know, somebody can go out there and get you 20 rebounds in a playoff game that that won't help. So I think a team like Boston, a team like Golden State could definitely help. And then Cleveland got them a nice young core together. So if you get Drummond out there, I'm sure his team's that's willing to give you, you know, some picks or a nice young piece in return. So I, I, that's the only one on this list where I definitely think that a deal gets done uh, in, in a very short amount of time. For sure. With the basketball players that we have talked about so far, um, John Collins is the one that is easiest to find a place for because he is the modern big man and he's only 23. He's heading towards his prime. Blake Griffin is the one that's the hardest. He, just, he We don't know if there's anything left. Like, we just don't, right? That's why, that's why we all feel like it's either buyout or nobody's going to trade for him and, and give the Pistons quality value going forward. However... Andre Drummond is the toughest enigma of the three because there are certain teams that could definitely use him. But do the teams that could use him, do they have anything to trade for him? The Nets, for example, could definitely use him. They could use him. They lack depth and bigs. He answers both. And picks because they traded all them for hard. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like they they gave up everything. If you look at uh, if you look at another team that I could definitely see that could use them potentially, I think the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans could use them, but I don't know if the Pelicans are willing to give up any of the picks that they have right now because I think that the Pelicans believe we're still multiple pieces away from being competing in the uh, West right now. I think that's what the Pelicans are thinking of themselves. I mean, Drummond and Adams, to me, it's a difference, but... Oh, no, no. I'm not saying trade them on the Pelican. But that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying trade those two for each other. I'm saying those two working together with what they already have, I think that'd be a pretty good deal for them. Yeah. I'm just saying. That floor not spaced at all at that point. <laughs> I mean, but look at who you would have around them. You got B.I., knockdown shooter. Hart, knockdown shooter. Uh, yeah, point guard, they kind of need some, <laughs> some shooting at the point. But that's another story for another time. Long story short, there are there are a few teams that could use them, uh, but I don't know if they had a, the the picks, the things that they could that, that they would need to go get them. Rather, I don't know if they got it. So, you know, I. I By the way, he's yeah, a very this, kill, this kills your long shot pick. They definitely not making the playoffs now. Oh, absolutely not. They've given up on making the playoffs. The, it may, it was clear when they stopped playing Kevin Love and said they were going to trade him. I'm like, oh, okay, my long <laughs> shots is is done for. 
Also, another team that can use them, like you said, the Warriors. Think about the, all the different mix and matches that you could do with the Warriors front court if you had him out there. If you had him. You could go really big with him at the five, Wiseman at the four. If you got a team that's playing you big, you could do that. Put Draymond at the three. You could do that if the team's going big on you. I'm just saying. But I don't know if, if the Warriors have anything of substance to trade over there. Because, I mean, ain't nobody trying to trade a, a decent player for Toscano in the second. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that's just – that ain't really happening. And also, on a slightly uh, – on just going on a slight tangent here, I am not the biggest uh, Andre Drummond fan in the world, but somebody said that he could have 30 and 20 and not be impactful on the game. Again, the comparison levels to other centers – where are you going to find better? Don't worry. I'll wait. There's maybe, there are four that come to the top of my head without a doubt. Other than that, who is the other four, big that's... Four? I got three, maybe. I, you're right. Okay. I got uh, Jokic. I added a fourth. Yeah. I got Jokic and B-Cat on a good that's night. That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> and I, I'll say this. I'll give you Aiton. As well on certain nights. Nah, Aiden. With the addition of Chris Paul, Aiden scoring vanished. Like, like, like the Avatar world vanished. Like, you know, oh, Lord. It, it, vanished. it vanished. When the Suns needed it the most, he <laughs> <Yes>. vanished. <laughs> yeah. Rebound it out the world, out the world. But scoring wise, I've rarely seen him get, get a game where he got 20 points this season. I mean, hey, it's only one ball to go around, man. It's only one ball. But I feel you, though. I feel you. So, at the end of the day, I again, there are only but so many players. This is not the, the 90s, early thousands, where you was going to run into Hakeem, the dream one night. Then you was going to run into David Robinson, Tim Duncan. Then you was going to run into Shaq. Then you was going to run into KG. Then you was going to run into Chris Webber. Then you was going to run into uh, uh, Alonzo Mourning. This ain't that. This ain't that. I'm sorry to tell you, GMs. But they're, good bigs aren't growing on trees anymore. So, you know, you could say he has 30 and 20 not impactful. But, I mean, is Cody Zeller's 5-5 five and five super impactful? Uh, <laughs> Anywho, uh, moving on. We only got one box left. And behind that box is box number four. Uh, my favorite number, Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts has basically been named the starter, more or less. Uh, Jalen Hurts is meeting with all of the – expected to meet with all the wide receivers, get them together so they can practice throwing, practice routes, all that good stuff. Fellas, do you see a deal happening getting Carson Wentz away from the Eagles? Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think this is a super easy decision. Um, Jalen Hurts is obviously the, the quarterback of the future in Philly, and I think – me personally, I think Carson Wentz has been has been a bit overrated over the past few seasons. But this is the NFL, and people are are most times grasping for straws, trying to get them a decent um, quarterback. So I think there's a lot of teams out there that would, that'll be willing to trade a few assets in order to get Carson Wentz. So I think I think a deal gets done definitely before uh, next season arrives. Facts, facts. Chris, what you thinking, man? What you thinking? Uh, I think he out of there for sure. Um, I don't know how much a, a team was willing to trade for him. He, he really lost a lot of value. But he could also be one of them steals as well. Like, I think he still got some legs on him. I think he still got a nice arm. Um, I think a team like, let's say, Denver, that don't really got nothing to lose. They haven't been in contention since they lost Super Bowl for real. Um, they get him, and maybe he comes back to life, you know. He had a great season. He had two great seasons before he went out with that injury. So, I mean, I haven't completely given up on him, but I don't think you give him a lot back for him if you're the Eagles. Okay. Okay. Here's here's my thought on Carson Wentz. The only reason that I say this, and, and we're going to switch gears back to football here for a second. When you think about football, when you think about quarterback thirst, especially around the draft, that quarterback thirst gets unquenchable for certain teams. For example, yeah. the Chicago Bears. Ooh, we. They've been so thirsty for a QB. They promised Mike Glennon 40 mil. They traded a ton of picks up to go get Mitch Trubisky 
Ooh, we they get thirstier than somebody eating not a 12 piece from Popeye's, just 12 Popeye's biscuit with no drink. <laughs> 12 Popeye's biscuits with no drink. That's how bad the quarterback thirst gets in the NFL at times. And with that being said, Carson Wentz has proven he can play at a high level if the guys around him are also playing at a decent level. With that being said, there are teams out there for him. I think the Colts, the Colts have stacked pretty much every unit on their team at least decently well. They just need a quarterback. They just need a quarterback. Phillip Rivers retired. Jacoby Brissett ain't the answer. And trust me, I'm saying that as a fellow state alum with no hate in my heart for the man. He's not the answer. The Colts could use him. The Vikings, Kirk Cousins is not the answer. Every other unit on your team is at least serviceable, except maybe the DBs. The DBs need a little bit of improvement. But every other unit on your team is good. Besides DBs, quarterback. He's go get the ant. They're gonna go get the answer. Somebody's gonna go get that answer. So I think a deal's definitely gonna get done there. Uh, but now moving on, I'm gonna take off my Howie Mandel hat, even though I'm, I'm still bald, which is very unfortunate. But we're gonna move on. Uh, switch pace back to basketball here. So we've talked about whether who was better between the East and West, and with all the movement, did the East become the better conference and all that? But the West has a team that is showing out. That is doing amazing things. Best record in the league. And I'm not talking about any team out of L.A. The Utah Jazz are 22 and 5. They've won 17 of their last 18. Fellas, are the Jazz contenders or are they Atlanta Hawks West? And y'all know what I'm talking about. The Atlanta Hawks when they had Jeff T, Al Horford, Paul Millsap. uh, uh, Who else am I missing is the shooter. Kyle Corver yeah. uh, and Damari Carroll. No, they're they're definitely um, the West Coast version of the Hawks, and that's not necessarily a knock on Utah. I just think they're stuck in that weird place of they've had a core that's been together for so long that they know how to play winning basketball. But when it comes to the playoffs, they don't have the defense and they don't have the the they don't have the ability to to flip that offensive switch to win a championship. So that's not necessarily a knock against the Jazz. They're just one of those in one of those places where if they want to win a championship, they're kind of going to have to to tear this whole thing apart and build it back up from the ground up. Because oh no, I mean, oh, no. What, 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 what changes could you make that's going to fix this? I mean, they just have a team that's they their their core has been together for a number of years. They have a great ISO score in Donovan Mitchell. They have good defense and they they have a good coach, but it's just not enough to win a championship. So. Even though if we kept this team together for another five years, they might ring off of one seed for the next five years, but I don't think it's ever going to result in a in a championship. I'll, I'll give you a very fun fact about this team: twenty-two and five, seventeen of their last eighteen, right? So they got the best record in the league, right? So in your mind, you're thinking, "Oh, there must be like a chasm between them and the team at second. Nope, the Lakers are one and a half games back of them. Yeah. And AD's been banged up a lot this year. LeBron is 35. About to be 36. Coming up here in December. Well, actually, I guess that's not coming up since that's a very long way away. But y'all get my point here. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What? Uh, I, my heart goes out to them. Because they really are playing good basketball. But they are cursed with the unfortunate. They're, they're cursed with the same curse. Is it the Utah Jazz curse? Because when the Utah Jazz were good before, they had to deal with Michael Jordan. Now they're good again. Congratulations, LeBron James, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, 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 wait. You missing the Carlos Boozer, Darren Williams Jazz. Oh, my God. I I, I, I was just about to say that. AK-47. How did I forget AK-47? My dog. That's tough. Man. Chris, what you thinking? Are they a real contender, or is this just – Hawks East. I'll say this, bro. I'll say this. I don't think they Hawks East because the Hawks East, they didn't have a player at the skill level of Donovan Mitchell. Like, even if you look back at those rosters, they had talent all around, team talent. But even if you looked at the 2K roster, they never had an 87 on that team. You know what I'm saying? And Donovan Mitchell's an 89 overall on 2K now, I believe. So That's gross. (laughs) That's just gross. Them having them, I don't think they the Hawks of the West. 
But he's their X factor. Like, if he doesn't give them 40 a night in a playoff series, they probably not going to win that series. They don't have enough scoring around them. I know they didn't have Bogdan when they played the Nuggets tough, and they played the Nuggets tough, but you got to look. Donovan Mitchell averaged 40 that series. He did. He did. So, I mean, if he ain't averaging 40, it's really hard for him to win. So, I mean, they need to get some pieces around him that can actually score. Go Bears, they gave him $208 million to be their defense. So go as well. Spend the rest of that money on all offense. You don't need no more defense. You spent two hundred eight million on defense. Just just go get some scoring for that man. They tried to bring in Mike Conley. He's overpaid right now. He's in and out the lineup. He missed a shot, a critical shot at the buzzer that rolled in and out. Could have won him the series. But how long does Mike Conley really have left? You know what I'm saying? Donovan Mitchell is younger than us. Hmm. That's I mean, that's kind of facts. That's, that's I'm facts. just saying. You 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 could. Maybe get something for Mike Conley. I don't know who taking $31 million. I know I'm not taking $31 million of Mike Conley. No, I know for me. sure Guyton would never take $31 million Mike Conley. Guyton will slap you silly for the thought. He'll slap you silly for the... Did you just say 34 for... Yeah, no. <laughs> Mike Conley ain't giving me $31 million. <laughs> <laughs> not bro got to pay you. That's that's crazy. That's, but I feel it, though. I feel it. I feel it. Okay, so... With that being said, what do you think this team's ceiling is? Because the Hawks, it was, I want to say they went second round. I don't think they made the conference finals ever. So is this team, are they conference finals, maybe even make a finals but lose it? Or are they like, eh, first round, don't worry about it. Um, I definitely think this team could could make a conference finals if you just look if they're if they're given the right matchups. Let's say they uh end up sticking onto this one seed and they got to play the eight and then they got to play the four and five and the four and five is you know maybe like a a, a Houston uh Portland combo or something like that. I think they could I think they could sneak into the conference finals if they get the right matchups. I feel that I feel that Chris. What do you think this team selling is, man? I think they get to the second round this year, depending on where the ball. Like, if the playoffs ended today, or the playoffs started today, they would play Golden State. I think they beat Golden State in seven game series. Mm. I think it's a struggle. I think it's going seven. I don't think they got to. Yeah, yeah, it's going six, seven. Out of the water. It's going six, seven, but I got more faith in Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and Ingles and Bogdanovich. If that's Bo, 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 Bogdan, Bogdan. I don't know how I say his last name, so I'm going to say Bogdan. I got more faith in them four versus just Curry and Draymond in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? It's 2v4 at that point. It's 2v4. Hey, listen, all I'm going to say is this. All I'm going to say is this. If the playoffs start today, I think that would be a five, maybe six-game series. The Nuggets would control all throughout. The Jazz? I, I'm sorry. The Jazz would control all throughout. Um, but... As Think time about how goes they on, the Nuggets, though. There, there's two things happening with this Warriors team that, like, from the beginning of the season to now, it's Kelly Oubre has found his shot. He's found it back. He dropped 40 the other night. Not only that, James Wiseman, I know he's injured right now, but he keeps getting better and better. That man is shooting 40% from the three, and he's not, like, shooting like one or two again. He's shooting a decent amount of threes every night and still putting up 40, 40 to 50% on a nightly basis. All I'm saying is, is this Warriors team, I think that'd be a bad matchup for them because the biggest part of the Jazz's defense is what? Gobert at the rim. James Wiseman does what? Pulls Gobert away from the rim. Well, yeah, but they've been running a lot of zone to prevent that, though, this year, Gibbs. I mean. Yeah, all right. Try it if you want to. <laughs> you going to zone Steph Curry? All right. Mm, nah, <laughs> Sorry I mean, to this I, man. I, I, I get what you're saying. I 100% agree. But I think they take it just because of the the Jazz a little bit more hungry. I think the Warriors yeah, kind of know yeah. this is, a, this is a, um, a down year for them until Klay Thompson comes back. And now I, I'm going to say this first, though. Kelly Oubre got a bad ride. Even we clown Kelly Oubre, but he deserved to be clowned. When you won for 37 at the, at the three-point line. and well, I, No, no. Shooting attempts that weren't dunks, he was one for 37. Ooh, so not man. even just three. His mid-range is two. When you when you that bad, you deserve to get clowned. But Oubre was out that Suns lineup for a long time. He hadn't yeah. played basketball seriously for a while. Mm-hmm. So him being able to play consistently now, 
I think that's that's he's gonna he's gonna start coming too. I think yeah. he's gonna be their X factor. That was a good pickup for them. In their last 10 games, he's averaging 18, 18 and 7, 41% from three. Ooh. That's that's what I mean when I tell you this Warriors team, I thought that they were gonna be what they were in the beginning all year, but somehow everybody has like credit to Steph Curry, credit to Steve Kerr, everybody has raised their game. Credit to Draymond Green as well, because he's a huge part of that happening. But man, this that'll be a tough matchup. That'll be a very tough matchup. So speaking of contenders, we talked about the Lakers only being a game and a half off. Surprise, surprise, big man AD, he's hurt. He's out. He's got an Achilles injury. Uh, the MRI was done. There was no rupture to that Achilles, so he'll be back. However, he's out at least two to three weeks. The Lakers are saying they'll evaluate him then. Are the Lakers a contender without him? Can they win a chip without him? And is is are they? Do you think that the Lakers are going to rush AD back or take their time with it? Um, I don't think it's anything serious, so I think the Lakers should should take their time, and I think that they will take their time because it will definitely be healthy in time for the for the playoffs. Um, if it's not, you know, a, a rupture, um, of course the Lakers are contenders without without AD simply because they have LeBron James. It may be a little tougher in the Western Conference, but they can still make a a, a push. I say semi easily for the conference finals. Um, but they, they, there's no way you can win a championship without AD simply from the fact that if you take AD off the floor, especially with the way that this year's Lakers team is constructed, I mean, who else do you really have protecting the rim, grabbing rebounds, anything like that? It's kind of, it's kind of non-existent. Right, right. I say this about this Lakers team. I think that even, I think that they're going to take their time with AD, and I think they're going to take their time with them because of how good they are. Right. When he was with the Pelicans, they could not take their time with not a not an injury in the world. It did not matter if the sky was falling and his leg was doing the lean with it, rock with it every time he tried to take a step. The Pelicans just did not have the firepower to be like, hey, uh, Anthony, go on and sit down for a month and a half. We'll be all right. The Lakers do. Like you said, they will lack. They will sorely lack rim protection. What else do the Lakers lack outside of that? I don't think it's anything else. Perimeter perimeter defense, they've got it. Perimeter scoring, they've got it. Uh, guys who can get into the lane, they've got it. Guys who can pass the ball, they've got it. Post scoring, Montrez Harrell and Gasol, they've got it. And even somehow, Kyle Kuzma has become a factor Aww. on the boards. We've argued about him so much. I don't know if he's good or bad. I don't Nobody know. does, but we're all enjoying the ride. We're enjoying the we're enjoying the Kuzma experience. We're all enjoying it. Okay, so like it, like Kuzma go out there give you twenty five and twelve one night, bro. Then come back at four one one. It'd be like, and, and not only that, it's certain nights where he looked like he don't want to be there. And then the next night he'll be diving for loose balls, chasing off, <laughs> like jumping in the stands for it, like he robbing. And you're like, who is this guy? Who is this? So I mean, this Lakers team, they have enough. I think that even without AD, they still be contenders. However, they they do, I mean, they just gonna have them. They're gonna have them when the time comes. We all knew, which I said from the beginning. I said, I'm not worried about LeBron as much as I am AD with his health history in this short layoff. The Lakers, I think they need to realize, even coasting through this season, the worst will be is a fourth seat. Even if we went 100% coast mode. So with that being said, we don't need to push it every single night. Well, Gibbs, you're not worried about the Clippers? Yeah, all right. Let me tell you something. I would never be worried about a team in which a starter is saying, make my turnaround three go viral. I will never be worried about a team like that. For those of you, who, who the listeners who don't know, that was Patrick Beverly. He shot it, turned around, looked at the opponent's bench. It went in. And he was like, oh, make my turnaround three go viral like I would everybody else's. Again, the Clippers are mentally just not. They like have this. Their aura just reeks of loss. It just reeks of losing. Like if 2020 was a basketball team, it would be 
the Clippers. <laughs> if it was a basketball franchise, it would be the Clippers. But anywho. Bro, I still it, get mad every time I see Batum and Patrick Beverly in the starting lineup in 2021, uh, bro. Yeah. I could get it. I understand if it was 2013, 2014. They both in the starting lineup, but 2021. Yeah. Nick, Nick Batum was a bad boy when he was with the uh, Trailblazers. He was a bad man, but now it ain't it ain't really it. It ain't really it. So, okay. Let's switch gears one last time, and we're going to close this thing out with some football, okay? J.J. Watt asked for a release from the Houston Texans. His last words as a Texan were apologizing to Deshaun Watson, saying, I'm sorry we wasted one of your years. We should be a 10-win team. But, of course, they weren't because Bill O'Brien went ahead and did his Patriots thing, which everybody knows if you get an assistant from Bill Belichick, Unless their name is Brian Flores, <laughs> buckle up. Your team's going on a ride. You're going to get rid of your best player, DeAndre Hopkins, De- uh, Darius Slay, Quandre Diggs, Ashawn Robinson, and then you're going to lose a lot of games that you should probably win. So with that being said, J.J. Watt asked for a release, and he was granted the release. Where does he go next? Well, Chris, I'm gonna let you take this because I know your boys are the front runners right now. So, so where do you think he's gonna go? We got baby brother over there in TJ Watt. So why not make it TJ JJ Watt? You feel me? Why, why, why not bring that to Pittsburgh? You know what I'm saying? That'll make our defense. Oh man. Oh. But you do know. But you do know he has another brother that's also in the league. And his brother, the little brother Derek Watt, is also a player on the Steelers, starting fullback. So I'm just saying, having all three of the Watts in one place. I think that'll be the first time in history that's happened. I I believe so. All three brothers on the same team. Yeah, three brothers being in the league at the first at the same time. It would not be the first because of the uh, Edmund brothers. But three brothers all playing on On the the same same team. team. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be a first. But but for me, Gibbs, if I'm the oldest brother, why not? Like, what do I have to lose? It's apparent I wasn't going to get a championship in Houston. Mm-hmm. It's apparent that, I mean, I can go here and get a ring, but am I going to have fun just being a piece in, in Brady's shadow or Mahomes' shadow? You know what I mean? I go play with my brothers, re- revamp my career, and then I go bounce and get a ring the year, the year later. You feel me? Or if it go good, I can help the Steelers win a ring, and then it'd be more valuable. I'll tell you this. If the Steelers get a quarterback that is not 48 and a half years old, I think they got a shot. Guyton, what you thinking, man? Where Where is your landing spot for JJ? Um, so uh, it's very rare, especially in a sport of football, where you get a talent to where it's hard to designate a landing spot. But I honestly think that wherever JJ Watt choose to play football next season is the right spot. I mean, there's no team out there where you could be like, um, he doesn't fit or this, this, or that. It's J.J. Watt. You can plug him in any place, and he's going to make it work. He's going to be an impactful player. So um, it's no answer for this question. Is wherever J.J. Watt wants to play is a good landing spot. Question for you, Gibbs. What's up, man? (laughs) If you play – so he playing left end, correct? Like Uh, So J.J. Watt is one of those players – he's very scheme versatile. Uh, with his size and strength, he can literally play his size, strength, and explosiveness. He's older and he's been through some injuries, so he's probably not going to be your guy on the edge unless it's against a run heavy team. But with that being said, I think he'll, if you run a 3 4, he can play in. If you run a 4 3, he can play the three technique, which is defensive tackle. So, I mean, it's, it's all up to the scheme you run, but J.J. Watt has a lot of versatility because he has very long arms. He's very powerful. So, right, he's got right, scheme versatility. Right, right, right. So, the reason why I ask that is because I think the best place for him where he'll get the most, like, man, they will be monsters. And y'all probably, y'all probably already figured out why I said that. The Rams. Mm. Okay. Him and Aaron Donald. Okay. Since they both getting older, do you know how crazy that will be on defense? I'll I'll tell you this. J.J. Watt, a lot of people talk about J.J. Watt's numbers being on the decline. But what a lot of casual football fans don't realize is football and basketball, we just talked about Andre Drummond being 
in a, a quote unquote uh, doesn't impact the game with 30 and 20. In football, I am telling you, especially as a defensive lineman, you impact the game in many ways, even without getting big numbers. If you draw multiple blockers to you, you have de facto created a situation where any blitz your team runs will be successful. Because it's like, okay, you blitz off the edge. They have two guys on you. They thinking that they got one up with everybody else. Congratulations. You just sent the extra man. You changed the math. That blitz is going to get home. And it's not because the blitz was just an amazing thing. It's because you existed in a space. It happens with all the greats. It happens with Aaron Donald. It happens with uh, Khalil Mack. It happened with Lawrence Taylor. It happened... If you are a great pass rusher, your numbers may not be great. Your impact will be. So, I mean, it's with that being said, on a team with Aaron Donald, you can't double either one of them. And then you got Michael Brockers as well. And then you got Samson Abukum as well. And then you got that would be just, ooh, I'd hate to be a quarterback having to play the Rams. Ooh-wee. Ooh, you had to throw on some extra padding that day. You had to get the Epsom salt ready for after the game. And then you, you can't even buy the wrong brand of Epsom salt because then you're going to be putting more money in Aaron Donald pockets, helping them stay in shape longer. It's, just, it's a lose-lose. But, yeah, it's, I think that that's actually a good landing spot for him. And you know what, Josh, I agree. There's not a bad landing spot uh, for J.J. Watt. Right now, the leading teams seem to be early, seem to be. And granted, this is still very early. Uh, Tampa Bay, the Steelers, of course, the Packers, and the Bears. So of those four, which which ones do you think this – oh, and the Bills. So of those teams, which ones do you think would be optimal? Or is it – or guidance is it still wherever he goes, best situation for him? Um, it's still wherever, but I think if we had to pick one, I think by the time next season starts, we'll be seeing J.J. Watt playing football in, uh, in Pittsburgh. Mm, okay. All right. Chris, you agreeing, man? Is he coming to your boys? Uh, I would, I'm praying he does. I mean, <laughs> it makes sense. But only problem is I don't know about the Big Ben situation. We signed Haskins. But I was really pulling for us to trade for Deshaun Watson, but it don't look like that's going to happen. So I don't know who we're going to have throwing the football. But, I mean, if Big Ben comes back, we know he'll get us to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And Big Ben, don't get me wrong, the Steelers choked this last game, but Big Ben still played a hell of a second half that, that game. Right. Until I mean, I know Big Ben from experience. He going to throw that pick to really ice the game. Like, the team ain't got to ice the game. Big Ben going to ice the game when they losing. But Yikes. when he winning, he's, he's very good at keeping the league when he's winning. He just got to come out the gate. He got to he got to come out the gate and and start off winning. So he I mean, he has the uh, what's what's his name? He has the J.R. Smith badge Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna put the game to bed one way or the other. I feel it. I feel it. Well, folks, I know y'all tired of us talking about brotherly love and and the, the Watts and me talking about looking behind boxes and all these injuries. But come on back next week and the week after that and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all. Yeah,